right, episode 10, Dal's War Room. Eric Bradett here with me. Morning. How you doing? What time did you get up this morning? Uh, about 8.45. About 8.45. Yeah. And right now it is about 10. So you haven't been up for too long. No. But do you realize from the moment you woke up, you have lost an hour and 15 minutes of sand today? Crazy. Hour and 15 minutes of sand that you are not going to get back. Unreal, hey? Yeah. So think about that. What time you woke up this morning, what time you're listening to this, how many hours it's been, and how much sand that you have lost. And ask yourself, what are you doing with it? What have you done with it? And uh, tomorrow, are you going to do something different with it? And I think that's something that's important to really make sure we understand with everybody is, again, it's leaking. It's coming out. It's gone. We're not getting it back. You can't flip that hourglass back over at the end of it all. It is gone. Let's talk about... Let's talk about my favorite four-letter word that starts with F. It's not uh, it's not my favorite word, but it's a word that lives in every single one of us, whether we want it to or not. It's a vulgar word. It's, uh, it's a nasty word. And it's fear. Fear is a very interesting thing. And what I want to ask everybody is, what are we scared of? What are we fearing? What are some of the things in life that we, that we fear? You guys heard me say it before. You guys from Les Brown years and years and years ago. We were born with two natural fears. There's two fears that you're born with, and that's a loud noise and the fear of falling. Every other fear is a taught fear. So I want you to ask yourself, what are you scared of? And ask yourself, is it a natural fear or is it a taught fear? I'm not scared of a lot of things. I'm scared of falling. You throw me out of a plane, I'm going to be scared. You come up behind me with an air horn and set that thing off, I'm going to jump. I'm scared of those two things. But fears beyond that, fear of failure, fear of success, all the different fears that we've talked about in, in previous episodes are fears that have been taught to us. They're not natural fears. So if they can be taught, can they be untaught? And the answer to that, of course, is yes, they can. So what do you have to do to unteach yourself from those things is something that's interesting to think about. So we're scared of failing. Hey, well, when you were young, were you scared of failing? No, no. You think about little Eric, you're probably six feet tall when you were born, (laughs) little baby Eric, and your parents are chasing your ass around and you're exploring, right? You're reaching out, you're trying to grab everything, touch everything, jump off everything, land on everything. You want to play with everything. Like, you know, you're out there exploring and and ready to go. Yeah. How did somebody get scared of failing what happened and, and i'm using you as an example i know you're not scared of failing but what is what has happened in somebody's life when they go from like an energetic little like exploring child to somebody who doesn't want to come out of their box because they're scared that they might get burned might get slapped might get punched might and they stay in this fear box yeah what happens how, how do we get there Wait, like what happened from that? Where did that little kid go? When you think about it, you break it down. You, if, if you really go back into your life and you go back into what you, I mean, and think about this in your, in your own self, think about you as a baby. Mm-hmm. Now, as I talked about, I don't want to beat it up too much. I talked about this a couple episodes before or something, but some fears are good. You got to yep. teach little Eric not to touch the hot stove because Eric doesn't know he'll get burnt. He's not born with that fear. Right. So you, there's some fears that are good. Don't talk to strangers. Don't touch the stove. Like there, there's fears. There's things that we we should be f- fearful of or conscious of. Yeah. But how did we become fearful of failing? 
or how do we become fearful of succeeding or whatever else it is? What has created that? And when you look back to and play that timeline out in your life, and it might take a little bit to think about it, but think about as a, as a little baby, as we're going through this, all of a sudden, what starts to happen? Because what it boils into is, is the programming that we receive. So what things were told to us as children that created inside of us the fear, for example, of failing? Well, one thing is for sure school. Yeah, definitely. We're taught, you know, school puts us inside of a box and, and it holds us in there. We're told things that, I mean, you know, you need to go through school, you need to get an education, you need to go to grade 12, you need to go to college after that, you need to get a good paying job and yada, yada, yada. You will be a good little member of society. We talked in, I think, in episode three about why don't schools teach us to, to, to be successful? Because they're not supposed to. They don't, right. they don't want to. Think about the programming we receive from our parents. Do you ever remember, and, and this isn't in every scenario, but a lot of times, even things like when we were little and we were playing, we were going to be superheroes, we were going to be this and that, and all the grandiose things that we wanted to be when we grown up. And, and there's a good chance that we had influences in our lives telling us, come on, Eric, like, be realistic, yeah, right? Pull your head out of the clouds. That's not going to, we're, we're brought down to this level of, of mediocrity. Right. And... Everywhere we go through through the influences in our life, we're told that we can't be the things we want to be, or we have to be real, or that kind of stuff isn't for people like us. We're told things like we talked about a couple episodes ago about how we're broke. Yeah. Telling our kids, can't afford that. We're broke. We got no money. We got no money. And a little kid sits there, watches his parents work all day long and have no money. Okay. So all of it boils down through in our entire lives is the programming we received has taught us to be fearful, has mm. taught us that being successful, for example, isn't for people like us or being successful isn't or, or, you know, all these negative things. Now, the people who programmed us were also programmed by people. Yeah. So this isn't a thing where, again, like I said a lot before, this isn't a thing where you go out and blame your parents or blame your guardians or blame your aunt, your uncle, your, you know, these are the, they don't know any better either. Right. But if you're listening to this, and if you listen to a few of these podcasts, and if you listen to anything out there that's similar to this, now you know. So it is on you to do something. So here's where I want to go down with this. You got to be conscious in what you're scared of, what's keeping you inside your bubble, why you're not pounding through and, and going for gold. You got to figure out what's wrong in that, like what's holding you back in that scenario. And that's something that you got to figure out with you and yourself. You'd have that conversation with yourself and, and you figure out what the hell's going on. How did I get here? And how do I get out of here? And quite often you teach yourself to get out of it the same way you've been taught to get into it. You've been programmed into your box by being told all the, the negative things in our life that we've been told. You get yourself out of the box by telling yourself all the positive things that you need to hear. So you got to start putting positive shit into your life. You got to start listening to things that amplify your life and better your life. You got to start listening to positivity, to motivational stuff, to trainings, to learnings. When I needed to get myself out of the shitstorm and back into reality, I mean, I didn't listen to anything that was negative. I mean, I listened to music a lot and I was listening to positive music, more or less within reason, but I was listening to upbeat, happy shit. But most of what I was doing was listening to positive 
podcast, you know, I mean, YouTube, I mean, just whatever it was, it was, it was, I was always playing. I would, it would be time to clean the house. I would pump Eric Thomas and just crank that shit up and just have him yelling at me. Or I'd pull out some Les Brown and just have him talk. And just as I'm doing my thing, I'm listening. As I'm driving, I would be listening to motivational things, to teaching things. And all the positivity starts coming in. That's programming yourself. You're programming yourself in the right way. Getting the TV out of my house was programming myself in the right way. TV will keep you programmed to what you've been programmed to. That's what it's designed for. You get programmed like shit and they give you a little box that you need to stare at and they tell you, keep watching this and it's going to keep you programmed in the wrong direction. That's the first thing that's got to go. And then you, then after that is you feel yourself. So I was, everywhere I went, whatever I listened to was positive and motivational. It was uplifting. It was inspiring and positive. See, negative programming got me to where I was. Positive programming got me out of it. You do it the same way. Just you reverse it. You surround yourself with positive people. If someone around you is negative and Debbie Downer, like, dude, man, you're too much for me. Get out of here. If you're going to come around talking like this, dude, I can't be around you. Or mom, I can't be, mom, I can't listen to this shit anymore. Dad, man, I can't take this shit anymore. Whatever it is, little brother. Like, if you're going to come around me, like, this is going to be a positive shit. Come to me with shit that's positive and I'll give you positivity back. But I don't want to hear this negative crap. And again, and that's what we talk about all the time about being that product of your environment. Be conscious of what you're hearing around you today. Don't come in here and, and listen to this shit and do nothing about it. Don't not think about this. Mark down, starting now, the shit that you've heard today. Is it positive or is it negative? Make a tally each day. Positive, positive, negative, negative, positive, negative. Make a tally of how much good positive shit you've heard, how much negative shit you've heard. And at the end of the day, weigh that shit out. And if there's a lot of negative, who did it come from? Where did it come from? How much control do I have over it? And get rid of it. But you have to do it and you have to make the changes and you have to make the changes now. If I, again, like I said before, if you come on here and listen to this and I'm just blabbing away and you do nothing with it, what, what am I doing here? It's not helping anybody. Not helping anybody. So we need to be positive. We need to, positivity in our life. We need to hear positivity. Mm -hmm. If we're hearing negativity, we got to get rid of it. We got to cut it out. It's got to go. Right. So think about that. Be conscious of it. And again, we are the product of our environment. It's a real thing. I don't just say that. To, to say that you are, you are who you hang around with. You are who, what you hear, you are what you watch, you are what you listen to. So you're a product of your environment. And if you want a better product, which we all want, then we might need a better environment. Most of the time we can easily create that environment for ourselves by what we plug ourselves into television, radio, news, whatever. I don't have a clue, really, what's going on in the world. Yeah. Nor do I give a shit. Right. Because it does nothing for me. Yep. Now, when something big happens, I'll find a way to connect to that. Someone will say something. I'll be like, they're like, oh, did you hear about this? No. Yep. But I will go and, okay, if it's something I think, oh, shit, maybe I better pay attention to this. I will go pay attention. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't care. And, and neither should you. We're going to sit down and watch... Mainstream media, and, and do you hear anything? You get maybe one positive story. One positive story. 
out of the news. Yep. Every episode. Yep. You'll have one little feel-good thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's a child that played with a kitty today. That's it. Everything else is negative. If an alien came from outer space that knew nothing about Earth and sat down and watched CBC or CNN or any station in any country, they would think this whole world is effed. Mm-hmm. People flock to negativity. People flock to, oh my God, what happened? You know, I, I spent seven years in a fire department. You know how annoying it was when there was a fire and 10,000 million people come flying out to the fire to see what's going on? There's a fire truck coming down the road and all the people are like, oh, look at the fire. And they're standing in the way. Get the hell out of the way. Mm-hmm. Even now when I see sirens go roaring by, I ain't following them. I'm staying the hell out of their way. So we're human beings are flocked to this. We're attracted to this stuff. Mm-hmm. We want to hear bad shit. We want to see like it's weird. It is weird, but it's program. We're programmed to be like that. So if you're gonna watch the news, you're gonna be sad. You're gonna be scared because that's what they're there to do. They're there to scare you. They're there to freak you out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't. I don't watch any of that. I, I have no idea what's going on either. Right. I, no, it, no clue. Yeah. And to me, it's just like it, anything can happen at any time. It's like you might as well live your life and, you know, figure it out. And that's it. So that box is your programming box. Yeah. Like I didn't even know COVID was happening until I was already lost a job. Like I had no idea right. what was going on. Right. And I mean, look at the people who, who tuned into that every single day and watched the media every single day. And they just, they program themselves into this fear. And it happens with all kinds of things. It happens with wars and terrorism and all these different things. And it's just like, and again, I mean, not saying that this some of this bad shit doesn't happen. Of course, bad shit happens in the world. But if it's all you focus on, that's your, people are out there going like, oh, humanity's in a worse spot than it ever has been. Like, go, go talk to somebody. Go, I mean, they're not around anymore. Go find a mother from World War One or World War Two that had to send her kids both her young kids to, to war go to the genocides and the and the thing like you think humanity is in a worse spot than it ever has been go back and talk to people who are slaves who watch their children born into slavery getting whipped and beaten all day long the world is not in a worse place than it's ever been we are so fortunate so selfish so craziness now, I'm not saying that a lot of this shit doesn't still happen today. I'm not, I'm not stupid to it. Of course, it's stuff. there's terror in the world. There's bad shit in the world. But nobody can honestly say that the world is in a worse spot today than it ever has been. It's not. We're driving around in our $100,000 cars and complaining about how bad we got it. You're not that mom that had to send, forced to send both her boys to war. And there was no cell phones. There was like, selfie, mom, hey, on the front lines, woo! Like, that shit wasn't there. You had no idea. You, your kids left and they went to war and you didn't know you'd ever see them again, ever hear from them again. Can you imagine every single day not knowing? You don't get a text message. Hey, mom, I'm in Iraq. Plane landed, boat launched. Like, it's just, you don't know. And every time a vehicle pulls up, you're dying inside because you're hoping it's not a letter that your kid's dead. Tell me again how we're living in the worst world. Anyway, ranting and going off track. The point is if you watch this shit, this is the stuff that people are made to believe because everything is negative all the time. Get rid of the TV. Stop watching the news. 
Stop falling for it. Well, it's also the news, but then you also research after. And of course, anything you search up, you will find. 100%. You can find anything you want to find. If you want to find good, bad, anything. And and I mean, for whatever reason, it's, it's funny because people are like, oh, I Googled it. it must be true. What? <laughs> Everything on the internet is true. <laughs> like, what? I, where did we get so dumb? Like I, in our, in our business, we have this part of our demo that we talk about like how many pounds of dead skin a human sheds every year. And everybody had these different answers. They started Googling and everybody came up with nine pounds, 14 pounds, six pounds, three pounds, half a pound, no pounds, yes pounds, you know. And every time I Googled it, I Googled it, I asked the question in a different way and it gave me a different answer every single time. Or how many times you Google something and there's different answers? Like you think because you Google it and this person made this blog and all of a sudden that's, I mean, oh, it's on Google. Like, it has to be true. Why are people so stupid? Or Facebook's even worse. Right. It's like, it's like oh, I seen it. You know, and it's just like, no matter what side of the fence you're on, it, 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 uh, anyway, it's, it, it, you know, we got to stop being so gullible. But it's like when we have something that we want to believe in, we just accept everything that's in our favor. Right or wrong. Yep. And if it's something that we're against, we will accept none of it. Well, I think COVID really taught us that. Oh, God. <laughs> if we ever get into those topics on this show, uh, my God. Okay. So it, <laughs> the point of it is get rid of the fear. Get rid of the things that are making you scared. Get rid of the programming that's keeping you stuck to where you are. You guys have to understand that... 2% of the world wants you stuck. If you have to go back and watch these episodes again, go back and watch them again. Go back to the 2% and the 98% thing. It is an extremely real thing. 2% of the world wants 98% of the world stuck in that 98% zone because that's where they're supposed to be because they're the ones that work to make the, the world function for the 2%. The thing that keeps you stuck as a 98 percenter is the thing that the two percenters give you, and it's called a television. Get rid of it. Start putting yourself into positive situations. Start putting yourself into situations that are going to help you learn, help you grow, help you succeed. Start listening to positivity. Get rid of the negativity. Cut the negativity out. If someone's breeding negativity into you, Get rid of them, tell them to go away, set them in their place, whatever it is. You know how many times people have to do this with their parents even? Mom, I can't listen to your negative bullshit anymore. I love you. I want to talk to you about good things. If you, I want to talk to you every day still. But mom, if you're going to start going down these negative blah, 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 everything sucks. I'm so blah, 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 blah. I can't listen to that anymore, mom. So I'm going to point that out to you when you're doing it. I don't want to hear it anymore. And if you're going to keep going, I, I'm just going to have a disconnect. Whoever that person is in your life that's... Because again, life and death is in the power of the tongue. What people don't realize... It's not even what it's not even what you say, but if someone says something about you, that's the programming as kids. It wasn't that you were a negative little child. It's that the negativity was poured onto you. People breathed death, spoke death over you. The things you heard were death. We're broke. We can't afford that. We're this and that. Don't you know this? Is, you're not. You can't do that. You have to come back to reality. Go get a real job. Go blah blah. I mean, whatever. Man, we go on and and this, all of the shit every day of our lives that we heard was all just piling onto us and that's what we started to believe. So your programming comes from other people. So it's not just like you can be the most positive person in the world and just every day tell yourself you're going to be so great. But if everything you're hearing from the people around you is negative, you're toast. So put yourself in that better situation. 
You need to be there. These fears were taught to you. They can be untaught to you. And you have to do it in the same fashion. It's not going to happen tomorrow. If you're a negative person who's been in a negative environment, it's not like tomorrow you're going to wake up positive just because you said so. It's every day flipping the script from negativity to positivity. It's little turns every day. Little turns every day. Because you have to look at your life. And you have to look at the light. Like, like what were you born to do? Like what, do you, like, what do you feel you were put here for? Like, where you feel you were, God put you on this earth, created you to work every day for somebody else and be broken and live in hardship? Is that what you think the vision was for you? No. How does somebody be successful, somebody not be successful? How, what were you born to do? Are you doing what you were born to do? Or are you doing what you've been programmed to do? There's a massive difference in that. Are you doing what you were born to do? Or are you doing what you've been programmed to do? Do you think you were born to be broke? No. Do you think you were born to struggle? Nope. Do you think you were born to live on the streets? Nope. You've been programmed into that. And why are we accepting it? Why are we accepting the fact that someone else's ideas of us or vision of us becomes our reality? Why are, why are we accepting that? Why are we thinking that this is okay? How do we make ourselves believe that this is as good as it's going to get? Like, you got to undo the wiring, man. Get it going in the right direction. You know when you take your vehicle to the shop and you plug in one of them little doodadders that tells you what's wrong with your vehicle? Code reader. Yeah. Yeah. You got to plug a code reader into your damn head, man. What are you even programmed to believe? What's going on in there? What's wrong with that? Right? It's going to tell you all the shit that's wrong. Okay? Just change it. Change the wiring. Make it different. Because you're not doing what you were born to do. You're doing what you were programmed to do. Program yourself to do something different. You can take an old computer and program it with new software to act like a new computer. You can reprogram your head. It's the same shit. So we have to start doing that, and, and we have to start looking at what we want to accomplish out of that. So seriously, with no pissing around, have that conversation with yourself about how much negativity is in your life, where's, where's the negative coming from, and how are you going to fix it? What are you going to program yourself to listen to, to not listen to? And what are you going to accept into your life in terms of programming that's going to be coming in? Because we don't, guys, like we don't have, like, you don't have time. Like, you don't have time for this shit. You don't have time for negativity. You have no time for it. When you look at, what we're going to accomplish in our lives, when you look at what, you know, again, doing what we're born to do versus what we're programmed to do, it's like, even when you look at things and, and even going into, into jobs and how much time are you wasting? Like 98% of people waste 98% of their life and 2% people waste 2% of their life. 
it's like you gotta be on your own terms. I did this a few years ago at a conference, and I've done it a few times since then. And and this is something that's just powerful if you really think about it. The average human being works twelve thousand days of their life. That's crazy. 12,000 days. There's 365 in one year. 12,000 days. Wow. It's crazy. So 12,000 days of the one life that you were given to live. Can you imagine if you were 16 years old, 20 years old? If somebody came up to you right now, Eric... And said, dude, I am going to purchase 12,000 days of your life. And on those days, you're going to do what I want you to do, not what you want to do. On those days, I'm going to tell you when you have to be at work, when you can go home. I'm going to tell you when you can eat. I'm going to tell you when you can take a break. I'm going to tell you when you can pee. And in those 12,000 days... I'm going to purchase those all from you. So you take your sand in your big hourglass of life and you take 12,000 days worth of sand out of that glass and that now belongs to me. Now, the cost of me taking this 12,000 days is I'm going to keep, these 12,000 days are worth X amount of dollars. I'm going to keep 75% of those of that money. I'm going to give you just enough to allow you to Continue to give me more days. I'm going to give you just enough that allows you to continue to, to make sure I get those 12,000 days. I'm not going to give you enough where you're like, okay, I'm out of this deal because I'm, I'm good. I can't let you do that. I need those 12,000 days. I'm also not going to give you less for, for you to like die or not be able to eat. But I'm going to give you just enough money for those 12,000 days that, that forces you to continue to be here. And the other thing is I'm not going to give you that money up front. I'm going to give you that money in little tiny bits and pieces every single time you come to work just to make sure that you keep going. How good of a deal does that sound to you? It's a pretty shitty deal. But 98% of the world thinks it's the greatest deal on earth. Now, would you rather be the person who's buying the 12,000 days or the person who's selling the 12,000 days? Like the person who's buying the days, like, like, like I'm buying your days because I don't want to work 12,000 days. I'm not giving up 12,000 days of my sand. I'm going to get you to do it. So I'm going to go on the beach and I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to go have fun. I'm going to go live my life and buy a nice car and live in a big house and I'm going to go do, do that stuff while you are sacrificing your life to make mine better. That's a job. Crazy. And then you're going to convince me that you're doing it the right way. You're going to tell me, hey, man, go get a real job. See this guy over there? He'll take 12,000 days of your life and give you nothing for it. That's the way to do it. Come join me. No, no, don't be that guy. You don't know. Like, you don't want to be that guy who's on the beach you don't want to be that guy who's out traveling all the time. No, no, you got to be like me, man. That guy, pfft. seriously, this is the way to do it, man. 
give this guy all your lives. He'll give you shit. You can have, you can have 40 years of struggle with me. Do it the right way. See how stupid that sounds? That's how stupid you sound when you have a job and you tell somebody else to go get a real job. Wake up! And I used to be stupid. That's how dumb I was. I would tell people, go, oh, yeah, I got a real job. That's how stupid I was. Who, who falls for this shit? How good are 2% of people that they get 98% of people to fall for this? And it gets deeper. So that's the 12,000 days. Now, I'm going to give you the average Canadian makes 144 bucks a day. That's what I'm going to give you for every day of the 12,000 days. Now, pull your phone out for me and get your calculator. And tell me what 144 times 12,000 is. 1,728,000. In 12,000 days, over 40 years of work, the average Canadian will make 1.7 million dollars. That's $43,000 a year. That's $43,000 a year, and that is before taxes. Mm -hmm. Now, let's pretend you never had to pay a bill in your life. Let's pretend you never had to eat. Let's pretend you never had to buy gas or a car. Or just, just say, for whatever reason, everything in your life was given to you. How long in today's world would it take you to spend $1.7 million? If I wanted to have a couple houses. So say, even keeping this in Canada, if I wanted to go onto the, into the coast and buy a nice house on the ocean in Nanaimo. Mm -hmm. How much money would that cost? I don't know. I'm not looking at a house on the ocean, but I know it's, it's pretty expensive. <laughs> it's like I'm not there yet. Um, you know, two million on the ocean. There's houses on the ocean. They're ten million, but a, just a decent little modest house that's nice with an ocean view. A couple million. So here's the thing: Do we have enough money to buy that house? No. Nope. But Eric, I worked for over forty years. 40 years, 12,000 days, and I can't buy a house on the ocean. And that's if every, that's if I never paid a bill in my life. If I own, now, what'd you say was $43,000 a year? Yeah, both that. Minus off, let's just say a mortgage or rent is $2,000 a month. So minus off 24,000 off of that. What do you got? 19,200. That's what's left a year after you pay rent. If a vehicle payment is 700 bucks a month, or I mean, some are more, some are less, even just to say $500 a month, another $6,000 a year. Where are you at now? 13,000, I have grade eight math here. 13,000, 13,000 left. And then what's your insurance? You're going to be, I mean, shit, anywhere, some of us are low, some of us are high, you're going to be another 500 bucks a month. I mean, not a month, but I mean, another probably anywhere from, you know, I mean, like, shit, I paid I was going to say 1000 to $10,000 know, a I mean, year. But, it, you know, but it depends. So say even if you if you took another $2,000 a year. $11,200. You're down $11,200. You haven't put gas in your vehicle. Or fed yourself. You haven't freaking eaten anything and you haven't paid any utility. Guys, there's no, there's not enough money. 
There's not enough. Now, that's the average Canadian. Now, some people make more than that. Some people are like, gosh, I make $300 or $400 a day. Okay, double it. You still don't have enough money. There's not enough money in a job. But we're trying to convince people that this is the way to do it. So now that you've sacrificed your 12000 I give you 144 bucks with it. Now, what do you do with that $144? What do you do with that $200, that $300, that $400? We get cell phones. We eat food. We smoke. We drink coffee, entertainment. Your cell phone gets a thousand days of your life. Now think about that. Your phone, just having a phone, what the phone costs you a month over a lifetime, you're going to sacrifice 1,000 days. That's crazy. Of pay for your cell phone. Fast food. Ripping through a drive-thru is going to cost you 500 days of your life. That's stupid. If you smoke, cigarettes are costing you a thousand days of your life. That's probably just the average smoker. Average. Yeah. Let alone it's killing you faster. So it's even taking sand out of your glass. But in terms of the cost of them, a thousand days of your life. Coffee. 650 days of your life. Drinking. Another 650 days of your life. And that's not the biggest one of all. Mind numbing yourself on TV and entertainment. 1,350 days of the one life you get to live. So now some people are like, Dallas, I'm not giving up coffee. I'm not giving up my cell phone. I'm not giving up some of these things. And I'm not saying you have to, but why don't we go from sacrificing hours instead of sacrificing days? So you can make more money But this is the crazy thing. Poor folks sleep long hours. Rich folks get their asses out of bed early. Poor folks watch a lot of TV. Rich folks self-develop. Poor folks spend paycheck to paycheck. They don't live paycheck to paycheck. They spend paycheck to paycheck. Rich folks invest. Poor folks make excuses. Rich folks persevere. Poor folks give up because it's hard. Rich folks never quit. Poor folks gossip. Rich folks grind. Yo ass is po because these are the shit and things that you do. You got to change it. You got to flip the script. Ask yourself the question. 
is a millionaire or a billionaire doing the same thing in a day that you're doing? Think about what you did yesterday or the day before. Think about the things that you do on an average day. Do rich people do those things? Probably not. Do we not believe that we are in charge? Do we not believe that we have our own actions and, and are in charge of our own destiny? Do we not believe that if we change our mindsets and, and like, is, that, is that what it is? Is that, that we don't believe that? Or, or where does it come from? Because we're going to sacrifice all of this. And now, you know what the crazy part of it is? Like the crazy, crazy part. Okay. Now you let's go here. What were some of the jobs you've had in your, I mean, you're, you're young, but what were you worked at the car dealership? McDonald's sport check. You worked at McDonald's. You worked at sport. Okay. So you're, which one of those McDonald's or sport check? Which one was longer? Definitely McDonald's. McDonald's. Okay. How long did you work at McDonald's? Uh, two and a half years. Two and a half years. Started off at the bottom. What was your... What? Yeah, I started off when I was 15 okay. and I was at the very bottom. So I was okay. started off where I wasn't actually allowed to be in the kitchen until you're 16. Okay. So I was just taking orders at the very beginning, okay. at, the, at the front. And then two and a half years, where, where, where were you at when you... Like, what position were you at when you left? Manager. Oh, so you're managing. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Good job. So, so you had... I mean, so you... I mean, you were... Right up to the top of the of the restaurant. Yeah, it was. Um, so there was like the salary manager, mm -hmm. and then there was the. Or sorry, there was the restaurant manager, the salary manager, then the managers, and then the workers. So right. I was only technically only up one. Right. But but still up. Most people usually take a lot longer to get there. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you a question. So two and a half years. So you obviously got a raise when you moved up. Yep. Okay. So let's just take even your. What were you making when you started? Thirteen fifty. What were you making when you left? Seventeen fifty. So your average wage would be about fifteen bucks an hour, let's say. Yep. Okay. So for fifteen dollars an hour, pull your phone back out. So for fifteen dollars an hour, mm -hmm. and you worked forty hours a week, I'm assuming. Uh, I was in high school, so it was fluctuating, but usually okay. forty hours a week. Yeah. So figure out what that is. What, what that is a week? So um, fifteen times fifteen dollars an hour times four. Yeah. Six hundred. Six hundred, and then times four. 2,400 yep. times 12. 28,800. So you're making $28,800 a year. Basically making minimum wage and a little bit higher mm -hmm. at the time. So you worked, what, five days a week? Yeah. Okay. So go five days a week times 52. 260. You work 260 days a year and you worked it for two and a half years? Yeah. So times 2.5? 650. You gave McDonald's 650 days of your life. And for that, they gave you $70,000. Mm -hmm. Now, here's what's interesting. Who owns McDonald's? I have no idea. You have no idea who owns McDonald's. I mean, I watched the one documentary one time, but I have no <laughs> idea who actually owns okay. it. So you don't know. You don't know if it's a guy, a girl, a corporation. We don't know. No. Okay. So McDonald's is our franchise and independently owned. Yep. Who owned your store? You don't have to say, I mean, do you know the first and last name? I don't know their last name, but I, you know the I first name. thought it, I, th I was pretty sure her name was Princess. Okay. I think that was what her name was. Okay. But you don't know the last name. You're not too sure. No. Okay. I could be wrong too. Right. So you don't know who owns the store. Really. No. Not sure. Okay. So do you know how many stores they owned? No. Now in that, from what I understand of, of that system is there's like the owner, but then there's still corporate yeah. managers. Yeah, there was like a regional manager, a okay. restaurant manager. So who was, do you remember the name of the 
regional manager. Do you remember the first name and last name or just first name or what do you remember? Uh, his first name was Ranny. I can't remember his last name. Okay, you don't know. Yeah. And do you know if if he had a family? I assumed he was single, but okay. I didn't but know for sure. sure. Yeah. Okay. And you don't really know much about like where he lived or, you know, like what kind of a house he had? Like, no. You know? No. I just knew he lived in Edmonton. That's all. Because okay. he always complained about I had to drive to work every day. <laughs> okay. So you weren't, you weren't sure. Now, his boss, any idea who that was? No. No. Okay. Now, your direct manager on location in the in the in that in that restaurant. Yep. What do you know about them? First name, last name? Uh yeah, his name was Matt. Okay. Now, how much did you know about Matt? Um, well, I knew he had a wife and two or three kids. I can't remember exactly how many kids. It was like two or three. Okay. And then I just knew he a little like he liked hunting and stuff, but not okay. nothing too crazy. So you knew a bit more. Yeah. But not a whole lot. Yeah. Now your direct manager or supervisor. Do you remember any more about them or about the same? Surprisingly, I actually knew more about my restaurant manager than I did about them because okay. they fluctuated so much. Right. Okay. And then, so so here's the point I'm getting at in this, is you gave this company, what do we say, 600 and... 650. 650 days of your life. You have no idea who owns McDonald's. You have no idea who owned your store. You know a little bit about your restaurant manager... You don't know nothing really at all about your regional manager. You don't know anything about the people that are right above you because they moved around a lot. Like you really don't know much about any of the people that you gave 650 days to. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you know about yourself? A lot. <laughs> right. Why are we willing to sacrifice 650 days to people we know nothing about, really don't care about, don't really have, you know, who don't really care about us enough to even build relationships enough, but we're not willing to give those 650 days to ourselves who we know absolutely everything about. Isn't that weird? It's crazy. Now that's just in two and a half years. Yep. I've done this test at, at conventions several times. And I've, I, I did it for a lady one time who worked for a place for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember how many. I mean, do that math. Go five times 52 times 30. 7,800. 7,800. She gave almost 8,000 days of her life to a company. And I think you probably knew more <laughs> in two and a half years there than she knew. Mm-hmm. No idea. Yeah. So why would we give somebody all these days? If we're going to say, if the average person is going to average 12,000 days of their life to working and we're not going to know anything about these people or, or care to know really at the end of the day. I mean, you, if you, if you really wanted to know, you would have. Honestly, the only reason why I knew so much is because I actually was interested. Yeah. Like I actually asked. And you're someone who's interested. You don't know shit. Yeah. Right. So it's like, so the thing is, is, is why would we give 12,000 days to someone we don't know anything about mm-hmm. when we wouldn't give that to ourselves that we know everything about? Yeah. Do you see the power in it? You, do you see, do you see what it does? Like the mindset and, and what it does. It's incredible what programming can do to us. Well, I think about it now, it's like being in, you know, this business for two and a half years now, basically. And I know a hell of a lot more with the people I work with now than I do with the people I worked at McDonald's, that's for sure. Right? So these are the things that we have to 
understand. It's unbelievable the power of programming. It causes us to give up most of our life mm-hmm. and believe that we're doing it the right way. So that's where it's important to flip it. That's where it's important. And, and, and that's where we have to, because if, if there's so much power going one way, that's why there's so much power going the other way. Mm-hmm. Billionaires and millionaires went through the same degree of programming, just in a completely different direction. But baby Eric and baby Donald Trump were born with the same opportunity. Yep. Now, sometimes babies are born into rich families and the program, I mean, again, but it's the programming they receive. People always assume that rich families stay rich because there's just so much money at last there forever. But they don't realize that the programming that rich people give to their kids, in most cases, not all cases, but in most cases, that continues on. Yeah, I just even look at it, for instance, um, I'm a huge fan of basketball, is NBA with like LeBron James and like their kids and stuff like that. Like, of course, like they're unreal, right? But it's not just, you know, genetics. Mm -hmm. It's how much they're, you know, going into training and doing the things that you're supposed to be doing as an all-star athlete. You're right. Isn't it crazy how many professional sports players' kids play at a professional level? Mm -hmm. And yeah, and people will go and think that it's, oh, it's just in their genes. Yeah. No. It's not the case at all. Not at all. If LeBron James worked at Burger King, his kid would not play at a professional level. No. So, like, this is where it's, unless those kids had some crazy positive programming. Yeah. In the way, there's a good chance they wouldn't. Yeah. So, why do professionals create professionals, for the most part? Because it's the programming. It's what they're taught. It's from the, from the beginning. That parent believes that that kid can make the NHL or the NBA because they did. Mm-hmm. They believe it. So now they put their kids in the right programs. They give their stuff. They have the money to be able to afford to put these kids in programs too. Self-generated money. Okay. So yes, there's part of that. But they have the belief. And when this kid grows up his whole entire life knowing that his dad played in the NHL, it's doable. It's easy. No one's told him he can't do it. So he does it. When I was in grade nine, I got told that I was never going to make it the NBA. Right. Which I mean... It's pretty true, but still, like you say, that's somebody but in grade it's nine. The programming, it's, it's what's being bred into you. Yeah. You're told to pull your head out of the clouds. Yeah. Be realistic, Eric. Exactly. Okay, but guess what? People play in the NBA. And and again, I'm not saying these people don't persevere and come through this. Everybody gets negativity in their lives. I'm not talking about the people. I'm not saying that, like, you know, some of these guys that went from rags to riches even had the right programming. Okay. So there, there are people that like, you have that mindset and you can push through, but you're getting that positivity from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And sometimes all it takes is that one person to believe in you. It doesn't take much. It just has one person to tell you, you can do this. And I bet if you went back to every professional sports athlete, they'll have a story of a teacher, of a A coach, a coach, some kind of an influence in life that even if that one person said, you can do it. Mm -hmm. Or I believe in you might've been enough to push that person onto that, onto that right track. And sometimes their desires and their drives and their goals to be better are, are there. But it's easier for the next generation when the first generation's done it. Me getting to where I've been in, in, got in life, again, I didn't have this programming. I got there. 
Jalen didn't have the programming. She got there. Lots of people didn't get the programming and got there. But it's going to be easier for our kids to get there than it was for us because they're getting that programming. Mm-hmm. And and that's the point that I'm trying to make. Is It's crazy the power of it. So you have to look at what you're scared of. Understand if it's a natural fear or a taught fear. You have to understand that taught fears can be untaught. It can be reversed. You have to understand that you're a product of your environment. Put yourself into a situation where positivity is coming in and positivity is going out. Fix your life to ensure that there's only positivity around you. Get rid of the things that are keeping you into a 98% mentality. Push yourselves towards the 2% mentality. You have to come to a realistic understanding of the days of your life, the sand in your glass, and what you're doing with it and how much you're truly sacrificing by staying mediocre. Don't stay mediocre. Get up, get your shit together, get your ass in gear, and go make the most of your sand. And that's episode 10.